0: You're listening to Post Perspectives, Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems.
1: Hi, I'm Randy Altman, and welcome to our latest episode of Post Perspectives, Meet the Artist podcast. Join us for a conversation with Late Night with Seth Meyers, Associate Director and Lead Editor, Dan Dome. I've known Dan going back to his days on The Conan Show, and we spoke about his path to post, his workflows on Late Night, and much more. We hope you enjoy. Hi, Dan. Hi, Dan.
0: Hey, Randy, how are you?
1: I'm good, how are you?
0: So far so good, <laughs> happy Tuesday.
1: Yeah, it's still early, anything can happen really. Um,
0: yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so thank you for joining us. Um, I've known you for a few years now. We um, we originally, I think I reached out when you were still working on Conan.
0: Maybe it was the uh, Final Cut X video or the-
1: That was it, yeah, so yeah. yeah. So
0: that's gotta be 2011, 2012.
1: Wow, that, that's a long time. I'd have, so, I'd
0: have to look, yeah.
1: <laughs> but but we met, you guys, so why don't we just tell people what, what happened? You guys were using um, Final Cut to edit Conan, and I'll let you tell the rest of the story.
0: Yeah, so we were using uh, Final Cut 7 to edit uh, pre-tape packages as well as composite the show. And um, one of our writers heard that final cut was coming out with an update and he was like, Oh, well, let's do like a little niche, you know, video editing, uh, parody on this new piece of software. So that, uh, kind of, uh, gave us eyes on the, uh, gave the world eyes into our world. Um, you know, it was a fun piece to work on. Uh, we got to, all of us got to collaborate with the writer Andre, uh, to you know come up with some of the funny bits and you know all that kind of stuff so it was fun and it was certainly uh you know there was some behind the scenes magic so to speak meaning that we weren't you know weren't running well never mind i'm not gonna say that
1: (laughs) well essentially and i think we could because people could find it i think is um so you you guys weren't necessarily in love with the update and um and you told the world which was pretty cool
0: yes yes by yeah by proxy of of this writer and it was like a last minute uh addition to the show too which was funny because originally we didn't have enough time and then one of the interviews went short so they're like okay we're gonna roll that tape and sure enough like the next day it had hundreds of thousands of hits and we were like whoa we can't believe all this is is happening and then folks like you reached out to us adobe reached out to us to do a a john adobe video uh, which was along the same lines as that, and it was just yeah, it was a fun time to be in the business and and uh, get out into the world a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it gave it gave everybody a little insight because most people are like, what, what's Final Cut Pro, what's Adobe Premiere, and uh, you sort of introduced that world to, to Conan viewers, which was was pretty neat.
0: Yeah, yeah, and since it was such a heavily like we did uh, a lot of pre-tapes for the show, so we you know. We used the hell out of Final Cut 7.
1: Interestingly enough, uh, Apple just introduced some Final Cut Pro 10 updates yesterday. So there's, there's, it's still, it's still kicking, it's still out there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All NLEs have their value depending on what you need uh, to accomplish. And, you know, a good craftsman picks the right tools for the job.
1: just getting back to the Conan thing. You you were there a little bit longer, but then you you came back to New York. You're essentially a New Yorker by birth, correct?
0: Correct, born and raised in New York. Uh, went out to LA for The Tonight Show and Conan Show on TBS and moved back to New York around January, 2014 to launch uh, Late Night with Seth Meyers.
1: So uh, talk a little bit about that, launching a new show from, from the get-go. Um, things that you learned, your setup, also what tools you picked for your toolbox?
0: Yeah, I think uh, coming into uh, the launch of late night was I I was pretty confident that I knew uh, real like best practices for workflows and how to set up the uh, file system within our SAN environment. Um, You know, most of the entertainment shows are premiere based some avid base you know so i knew going in we were going to be premiere um which i had a, a good amount of familiarity with but i wasn't like quite the super user yet so there was you know in in the time leading up to the show launch it was definitely you know i reached out to my brain trust if i had any questions on stuff and they followed back up with me and it, and it was really great and that's Just to jump back to the beginning that's the one thing that i've noticed throughout my whole career is that uh when you find people that you can go to to ask for help and they know that they can come back and ask you for help that is uh like a a professional connection and it's and it's lifelong and um it's super important to build those uh types of relationships and and yeah, just be helpful. It's it's you know we're all trying to do the same thing. So if I have a trick that you don't know, and you don't, and you have a trick that I don't know, let's share them and you know keep our rates high.
1: What so what is your title now on Seth Meyers? And then can you walk us through your workflow? You guys record it to tape.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we do record the show uh, during the day at around four o'clock uh, Monday through Thursday. Um, we have uh, multi channel ingest server that records uh all the camera isos to our san uh the graphics team drops us all graphic elements that build the show uh in the for the various segments whether it's over the shoulder graphics or animated lower thirds uh we also do some pre-tapes from time to time Um, and basically once the show is happening as soon as you know we hear that countdown Files are getting recorded. I'm pulling files into Premiere. They're growing as the as the act is being recorded and I'm editing as the show is happening um, because we are time sensitive. So sometimes things have to come out just because we don't have enough sh- enough time for the show uh, or we don't have enough. We have too much time of the show, shall I say? And uh, yeah. It's a, it's, it's a really intense, uh, you know, two or three hour period of work. And then we deliver the show. I'm on call until the show airs. Basically, if, if there's an emergency that could come up and once the show's done, we come back the next day and do it again.
1: So let's say there is worst case scenario an emergency Um Can you do it remotely or do you have to go into the studio? How does that work?
0: Uh, both I, since, since COVID I can, uh, work from home if I'm close enough, uh, when an issue does arise, sometimes I will just go back into uh, the office just to, you know, have the full experience of being in the 5.1 surround, all my monitors are there, you know, it's just go in and let the let the muscles take over and do what's gotta be done. Uh, and I I am the uh, Associate Director and Lead Video Editor for Late Night at Seth.
1: Thank you. Uh, you mentioned pre-tapes, so stuff like Seth Goes day drinking, that kind of stuff. Are you editing that as well? What's the, what's the workflow for that?
0: Uh, the workflow for that is typically a multi-camera shoot. Uh, crew goes out, uh, films a pre-tape. Um, Devin, who's one of uh, my coworkers, he's fantastic editor. He typically puts together, uh, the day drinking pre-tapes, um, as, uh, me, our other editor tony and our assistant bianca are working on other elements that are act are for that show day as well so it's all day of it's all you know it's it's some days it's crazier than others but it's it it's a really well oiled machine and everything goes pretty smoothly so the the pre-tapes can take you know quite a bit of time typically you know we shoot more than we need and just kind of whittle it down to get to the best parts and um yeah, it, it it works out great, and those always are such a such a riot. So funny.
1: Yeah, they are. They they make me laugh. It all makes me laugh. Yeah, um, good.
0: That's exactly what they're there for.
1: <laughs> so I guess that's another thing too, which is like the, with the pre-tapes, you have to edit for the funny. Um, is that is that a challenge? Is that something that I mean, you've been working in comedy for for a while. Uh, what what kind of hat do you have to wear for editing those? Uh,
0: I think for editing comedy pre-tapes it's uh you know you're gonna have such a high volume of good stuff it's if it's not an a plus cut it you know that's that's kind of you know if it's if it's really great stuff it you you find that pretty quickly and typically you know and i and i've seen i've on all the shows that i've worked on we always have so much great stuff that you know you can't get too precious about certain things because at the end of the day, it may just end up on a highlight reel somewhere.
1: Well, I think that's one of the, one of the good things about your show is that you'll leave in flubs, you know, like Seth will, will screw up or something doesn't isn't funny or doesn't hit and he leaves it in and that makes it even funnier in a way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For actually shooting the show. If, if there is a mistake, Seth is really great about being able to kind of roll with it and, make fun of that so you kind of get two for one which yeah those are those are always my most favorite moments because it's so real and just uh right there in the moment
1: so how have the workflows evolved over the years i mean what have you what have you learned what do you guys do differently now um any wish lists
0: um as far as uh workflow evolution um i think servers and sans and and archiving and all that stuff has has grown exponentially, like in the 10 years that I've been, uh, almost 10 years that I've been working on late night, um, you know, with flash storage and and super fast connectivity, and, you know, um, all that stuff that's out there, it's, it's when it's when it's working, right, it's like driving a Ferrari, because you just don't have any lag. You know you need to do something immediately and and you you can do it pretty quickly and then just as far as the archival process because that's always another huge part of doing a show or or any project for that matter it's like okay well we're done now what do we do with all this stuff we got to put it somewhere so we could save it if we have to go back and and make sure we have you know the projects are saved with all the media assets and you know it's, it's, it's a lot to keep track of at times. Um, but the setup prior to kind of launching a a, a big giant show where you know, you're going to have 1000s of episodes and millions and millions of assets, it's setting it up in a in a good and organized way at the beginning, and then sticking to that. And it really, you know, workflow issues are some of the things that I think trip a lot of people up and if it's if you just had taken maybe another 15 or 20 minutes or an hour or whatever at the at the top to make sure you know you're organized you know where things are if you have to share everybody's on the same page of of where things go and how uh you're dealing with versions and replacements and fixes and all that kind of stuff so it's it's you kind of have to see. Everything is a as a big giant world and then you go to, you know, the, the pre tape pieces or whatever. You can go to those different cities, if you will, and you know, kind of deal in that small world, but you're still within the within the whole big environment. And and sometimes people have to pick up something as you're working on it. So, you know, having a consistent workflow across your your team is is really great too, because then it, it just doesn't take up any time to figure out what's going on. It's it's all pretty self-explanatory because of what was done at the top. You're listening to Post Perspectives, Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems.
1: So let's go back to your your start in post. It's sort of a family business in a sense, isn't it?
0: That is correct. Uh, I got into uh, the post-production industry when I was about 20 years old, and that's going back a ways now. Um, and I got in through my father, Art Dome, who's, who was a linear editor for many, many years. Um, he learned in the army, uh, being stationed in Berlin, worked at the, the TV station that was, uh, in his barracks, I guess you would say. Um, and when he came back from, uh, Berlin, he ended up finding his way uh into various post houses as a tape operator then an assistant editor then a, a linear editor um and that's similar to how I came up too I I was you know kind of looking for what am I going to do with my life uh and my dad was like hey why don't you come in and, and try being a tape operator um you know it's it's fun. There's a whole lot of different worlds that you can see. There's an audio world, there's a production world, there's a post world, there's a graphics world. Um, film to tape was still happening, you know, in New York, uh, at a, you know, there was a fair amount of film to tape transfers that were happening within the the building. There was also the machine room aspect of it learning how to, you know, set up, you know, Sony D2 machines or insert time code on dat tapes, which I always got that gig and I never erased one, but we would have to put timecode on dats and you'd actually have to hit record. And that was always super scary because you're like, okay, I'm nine thousand percent sure I did this right, but got, you know, God forbid something happens and somebody unpatches the machine or turns, you know, who knows? <laughs> so we always label when something's in use.
1: But how did you figure out this is what you wanted to do in terms of the editing? So you saw the whole sort of ecosystem of posts how did you how did you decide this was the way to go uh
0: I think I decided on editing um because I've always been a, a music fan and cameras were pretty easy to get and more low profile than like the old VHS camcorders from back in the day so mini Dv was out super 8 was out so I would shoot stuff for friends bands or have friends bands come to me and be like hey we have all this footage we need to you know put something to get together so um that was one of the avenues and then uh all of my co-workers were also really good at kind of mentoring and being like so what do you like what do you like about this what do you, you know editors make a pretty good living audio engineers make a pretty good living like you know you kind of have all these opportunities and i was like i think you know what's that what's that thing that they call?" uh Avid upstairs and the, and the EMC squared, like these are the computer-based. I really, I, I really don't know any, I didn't really have much familiarity with, uh, even Macs at that, at that time, I just, I knew that they were a computer, but I was always like, well, I know, I know a PC, but I, a Mac, I haven't, uh, experienced, um, so yeah, so th- there were there was an opportunity for me because i worked uh, four to 12 uh, as a tape operator. So from like 12 till, you know, sometimes six in the morning, nine in the morning, I would just stay up and, uh, you know, mess around on the Avid. say, uh, the post house was really great about encouraging people to, you know, take advantage of the tools that we have and learn and teach yourself. And, and one of the things that uh, my dad had done, which is what helped me in my career uh, in a in a huge way. Was uh, like one Saturday a month, he would sit down with all the tape operators, whoever wanted to uh, be a part of the the class, um, and just kind of go over the switcher, go over the edit controllers, go over you know what pre read is, what uh, a DME is, what what the, uh, I think we had an Aston, not a Chiron, you know, how to use the character generators, you know, how to layer stuff without losing, uh, quality because when you're editing on tape, you're, um, you know, going down generations, which is something we don't have to worry about anymore in digital, but, um, that was, that was kind of how I found myself. So it wasn't like, uh, a purpose, Driven thing, it was just uh, curiosity and, and being like, "Oh wow, I kind of, you know, having no experience with this, I kind of get how this works intuitively, and uh, this seems like a fun way to kind of make a living." And and I started freelancing. I started, uh, you know, kind of bouncing around the city and, and seeing what uh, different post houses were doing, and you know my last name is is pretty unique so they were like oh you must be art son i was like yeah he's like oh your dad's the greatest he's you know always super helpful and really knows his stuff and um that was that was kind of how i navigated my way through uh so you know nepotism always helps a little bit but it's like you know you gotta you gotta be able to open the door and once the door is open you have to have the skills to be able to stay and that was that was one of the things that uh was instilled upon me by mentors, friends, coworkers. everything. It was like, you know, you can, you can only bluff it so long. So you're, you know, you're gonna have to deliver. So I just tried to, you know, learn as much as I could, you know, people were like, Oh, I'm using Photoshop to build the graphics. Oh, I'm gonna open up Photoshop and check that out. Oh, I'm using After Effects to build all these uh, motion graphics. Oh, I want to check that out and see what that does. So it's always you know this industry it, there's never for the lack of learning something new because there's always something new coming out and i think that's uh it's a really great way to never get bored of what you're doing because there's there's something new happening and and there's always new gigs and new clients and new it's it's new and if you're if you're navigating the world and staying busy um it's it's really great
1: Dan, thank you so much for taking the time. I know your days are crazy. So um, I'll let you go. But it was, um, it was good to see you recently in the city. And um, yes, thank you you for for agreeing to do this. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, my pleasure. Always great to see you, Randy. Thanks so much. Same here. Thank you for listening to Post Perspectives Meet the Artist podcast, sponsored by Puget Systems. For more information, please visit PugetSystems.com.